Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. Today, we're going to be breaking down a Huskies victory. The Huskies find a way to leave Kalamazoo with a 24-21 victory against Western Michigan, and it was a tough game from start to finish, as we predicted on the show. I can't believe it, actually. We got the correct score right, maybe not the exact uh, scenario, but 24-21 nonetheless. Justin Lynch with the game-winning touchdown on a, I want to say it was like a nine-yard QB draw to close the game out. And honestly, just a gutty performance. A tight game, a lot of defense, not so much offense. We were we were spared two extra touchdowns uh, just based off of Western Michigan stupidity. Uh, they did get two touchdowns taken off the board. But honestly, like, Going into this game, I had low expectations. I knew that we were going to play a lot of our younger players and that it was probably going to be a crapshoot. Now, going into this game, did I know we were going to be without Brown and Wei Lee? Absolutely not. Do I think Jaden uh, Jaden uh, Cradle? I almost said Crandall. I don't know why I said Crandall, but Jaden Cradle uh, had himself a game, and he was running the ball with some authority. He looked like, honestly, very similar to Harrison Wei Lee, an undersized back that just – finished off his runs and found ways to get yards in, in tight spaces. And you honestly can't be more proud of the team. Statistically, uh, we had 220 rushing yards. 83 of those came from Lynch and a lot of Lynch's yards came in crunch time. And then, you know, Kremis goalie, three picks, very questionable throws, but I mean, we didn't lose the game. The kid's young. I don't know what else to say at the quarterback position. Like right now, we're basically a service academy. We need to just find ways to move the ball down the field any which way we know how. And Jaden Cradle, 36 carries. How about that? First start in college football, Coach Hammock's like, hey, buddy, uh, I got a little project for you tonight. And he gives him 36 carries. He was only able to get 3.8 yards a pop, but 136 yards in return and a touchdown. And then obviously the Justin Lynch touchdown was the, the game winner. Cole Tucker finds the end zone again for the first time in a few weeks. I know uh, it's just been tough with the way the quarterback position has been for our, our talented receivers and tight ends to get involved. But Tristan Davis had another great day, four catches for 64 yards. But on the defensive side of the ball, again, week in and week out, we've seen it with this team where the defensive line controls the tempo for the game. The defensive line goes out there does their thing, creates pressure. I think they had five sacks again today, fifth one coming on the last play of the game, but O'Malley's involved. Uh, Ray Thomas is involved. Ivan Davis is involved. James Esther is making plays. Like Everybody on that front four is playing out of their mind, and the pressure that we're able to create with only four down linemen not having to send extra pressure does wonders for the rest of our defense. So... To see them be able to put together, it may not have been a pretty, it may not have been a complete four quarters, but to put together a game that resulted in a win on the road in which you prevented the team that you were going against an opportunity to go to a bowl game, and they still had a chance to go to Detroit. Again, it wouldn't be a live episode of Huskies on Tap unless we got serenaded by DeKalb Emergency Services, but that was louder than usual, I will say. But uh, the way I look at it is, 
you ran the football well, you were able to move the football, and you held them under – you held them right at 21, actually. And we said 24-21 uh, going into this game, and it worked out perfectly to that score. I wish I was able to bet on that, but obviously you can't bet on NIU in Illinois. That would have been a crazy payout to predict the correct score in a matching game. But, hey, if there's someone to do it, it would have been me. But I'm just proud of the way the team still fights like, you know, they have an opportunity to go to the MAC championship or an opportunity to go to a bowl game, right? Because the last two years, Western has really pushed our shit back. And the last time that we beat them, was 2019 and i i mean there's one player maybe two players on the team that were on that team that day cole tucker and Kyle Pew. and maybe like one or two more people i could be wrong i definitely i definitely will get fact checked on that but you get what i'm saying like totally new team since the last time that we beat western and we beat them at their house to give them that seventh loss so i I said it in uh, the comments on a tweet earlier, you know, if, if if we're not able to go six and six and go to a bowl game, we're not allowing Western the ability to do that either. So hats off to the guys, Coach Jackson and Coach D. Benedetto called a great game on the defensive side of the ball. And even down to the last play on fourth and 27, they dialed up a blitz and the pressure got home. And then that was the game. I mean, I don't think uh, – Many coaches are calling up a blitz on fourth and 27 in a do or die situation in the game. But if you just throw the kitchen sink at a team and especially a young quarterback, what's the worst that can happen? So I think all things considered, I know the DPIs were, I mean, they were all over the place today. We were getting called for a bunch of defensive pass interference. And then when we weren't getting called, it wasn't very pretty in pass coverage, but I think that the defense has grown throughout the season. And, you know, if we had the same defense that we had the first few weeks of the season, I don't think we'd win another game for the rest of the season. But the defense is growing. They've gotten better. They're getting a lot more young guys meaningful snaps, which can only bode well for the future. And then obviously, too, I've sat on this for a while, but, you know, looking towards next season, you know, Rocky said he's going to be able to redshirt. And let's go. Like, that's my guy, which means we'll probably have another season of the Rocky Lombardi show. I just got to talk to fatties. But, like, we need Rocky to come back. We need more development for those younger guys. I think Justin Lynn showed some real heart and real character, and he might get player of the game when we get to that point of the show later in the episode just based off the fact that he was able to lead that drive without a shred of doubt in any Huskies fan's mind to find a way to win this football game. But, yeah, the defense getting better, getting Rocky back next season, them finding a way to win games towards the end of this season because, right, it's, you know, we're only three and seven, and it would be so NIU to finish the season five and seven and not six and six. But, I mean, five and seven is a lot better than four and eight or three and nine. I almost said three and ten. I'm not good at mathing. But either way, like – you want them to have meaningful game snaps here down the stretch. We played Bowling Green and Akron. Those are two teams that no matter how ugly it gets, I I truly believe that it will be more than one possession that we end up winning those games. But 
you don't really know because we don't know who we're going to see. I don't know what it was with Brown and Wei Lee today. I was genuinely surprised when I turned on the broadcast. And, of course, you know, I don't <laughs> – I don't have ESPNU, so I had to do – I did Stream East tonight, so I was very delayed. So by the time I got to it, it had probably already happened five minutes before, but very surprising. I don't know if it was injury. I don't know if it was, like, precautionary where it's just like, yeah, dude, like, we know what we have in both of you, and there's no sense in playing these games. I don't know what it was. I'm sure – uh, when I get over there on Friday, Coach Hammock will let us know in the, as long as it's not an injury. But no matter what, like, Jaden Cradle played his ass off tonight. And he was the only running back – well, Billy Dozier got two. And I don't know what they classify him as, as a receiver or running back, maybe just a Swiss Army knife. But they haven't got him the ball the way that we thought they would have got him the ball based on how things were looking in spring practice. I remember he had that, that huge run in the spring game. It was like a 70 yard run and he looked like he was going to be a threat out of the backfield and at the very least catching passes out of the backfield. And I don't know, he just hasn't been used uh, the way that we had anticipated for this season, but either way, you know, you get 220 yards. I said we were going to need 200 yards on the ground to win this game. We did did ugh, we did just that. It's a long night. I need more water. But, yeah, we did just that. And then offensively, like, we did just enough. Coach Hammock the last few weeks in his postgame pressures has really just talked about we haven't made enough plays. And today, yeah, it wasn't pretty. But today they made enough plays. And – I think having stayed in the game the whole game with it being a seesaw game, a one-possession game here, you know, one-possession game there, it never – I want to say, like, no lead grew bigger than four points in this game with the four points being favored in Western Michigan's favor. And then, obviously, we had – I want to say it's a couple three-point leads and then win the game by three points. I was really hoping on some, like, sicko shit – that if Western was able to kick a field goal to make it 24 to 17, that we would get an opportunity to win the game 25, 24, just because like winning on a two point conversion is absolute electricity. And I know coach Hammock loves him a nice one point win. And I talked about it on the pregame. I said, it's going to be a hammy special. It's going to be, 45 carries and 18 pass attempts because last week we saw Kermiscola, he threw the ball 33 times. And that's like, we weren't even seeing Rocky throw the ball 33 times. So that was, that was just an eye opener, a very confusing move on the offense's part. But this week we get back to our bread and butter and we win a football game and we can look forward to the rest of our season, trying to send the seniors off, right? Trying to send guys like Cole Tucker and Kyle Pugh off the right way. And just trying to find ways to win football games so that when these younger guys that are playing now get in these positions later on in, in later seasons, they know what they need to do. And they have that experience because for whatever reason or not, it's like one year up, one year down, one year up, one year down. So, you know, next year, especially we have a healthy Rocky and the defense continues to get better the way they have throughout this season. It's anybody's confidence. And obviously we never win it when we're actually picked to win it. 
but it'll be a hungry team next year. I think games like this are what you need in a season that you're not winning many games, but that you can build on and look forward to when you get to that next season. And overall, like, if I had to grade offense, defense, I'd probably say, like, probably say, like, B for the offense, obviously, because they, they found enough points to win this game. And then defensively, I'd probably say, like, a C, C plus. But I think one thing they talked about, and they touched on this on the broadcast many times, this is a team that you couldn't have told us going into this game. Like, if you hadn't watched NIU at all this season or the record wasn't in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, you wouldn't have known that we didn't have anything to play for. Because by all metrics, no bowl game, no trip to Detroit, you don't have anything to play for by the, the metrics of college football. But for those young guys in the program, this is a meaningful game. And honestly, even guys like Pugh and Tucker that have, have seen Western get the better of them quite a few times, it's good to get these games. And going into next week, you know, you play Bowling Green, you're back at home. It's not senior night because we play at Akron or we play Akron, uh, the final game of the season on a Saturday. So I'm I'm assuming that'll be like a senior day, or maybe they push that game tonight and it'll be a senior night type thing. But why not finish five and seven? I know it's one game off being able to go to a bowl, and that would have been like winning the Mac this year, considering the amount of players that we've played. On the broadcast, too, they also said that. We've had 43 different players start on this team this year, which is the second most in all of college football. So last year, you know how the narrative was this was the youngest team in college football or the second youngest team. This year, second most injured team. And, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know what was going on with Brown and Whaley, but for the most part, the players that have been injured have all been key contributors. Jordan Gandy, uh, Rocky Lombardi. Brown and Whaley, if they were injured today, they count too. Shamar Thornton had been down. Uh, Miles Joyner went down. We've lost so many players. J.J. Lippy was down for quite a few weeks. Like Marcus Cox went down. We have lost so many players on this team. The list goes on and on that at a certain point as a fan base, we have to cut slack and just kind of it is what it is. It's one of those things you can't control. They can't control it. And at the very least, like I said in past shows, I can find comfort in knowing that the younger players are getting that experience. And we've known for the last few years that walk on uh, transfer, whoever you may be, if you're one of the best players in practice, coach Hammock will play you on, on Saturday or Wednesday or whatever day of the game or whatever day of the week, the game may be. So he had mentioned it in the press conference when I was out there on Friday and we talked about it extensively on the show leading up to this game sure as shit looked like a brand new team out there nick alvarado was out there on defense let me see if they have some of the defensive stats up yeah so no okay nick alvarado seven tackles six solo half a sack half a tackle for loss first start at the college football level normally just playing on special teams if you listen to this last week's show Jaden dolphin came on here and talked about how nick alvarado was that next guy up and we've had other players come on the show and talk about how Nick Alvarado was that dude. Came out there, did his thing tonight. Jaden, six tackles, six solo. A lot of dolphin emojis. 
the the neck roll, Nick Routine, four tackles, four solo. And then, too, we talked about it earlier in the game. Ray Thomas lived in the backfield tonight, okay? Four tackles, four solo, okay? So no help from nobody else. Four tackles for loss. That man got all his tackles in the backfield, so hats off to Ray. Uh, Jordan White looked like prime Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, whichever former NFL star you want to call it. He lit someone up on a play that the play was away from him. And then the very next player, two plays later, ball over the middle, perfect hit, perfect shoulder-level hit, shoulder-to-shoulder, absolutely decapitated this man. He was crawling back to the sideline. One thing I want to talk about, too, that I really did not like, uh, obviously there was the announcing blunders. Uh, we had Lawrence Sorahan. We had Crendle. We had, you know, we had all sorts of shit that the announcers messed up on today. But the referees, okay, so the roughing the passer was on Michael Kennedy was extremely soft at the end of the game. Obviously it didn't end up mattering. But the one flag that really pissed me off was after – Whoever the creative player, not a real person on Western Michigan was that scored a touchdown. Let me pull up the roster. So this was only catch of the day. Sambuki. Yeah. When Sambuka scored, we'll just call him Sambuka because I'm sure there are happy shots for Husky fans tonight. But when Sambuka scored, he stood over Javon Bird. And any single time that you're watching a football game and you see a defender stand over an offensive player, they're instantly sent to the gulag strapped to an electric chair. 15 yards, all sorts of shit. Sambuca was standing over Javon Bird and then, like, got up in his face, went and, like, because, like, when Javon got up, obviously he's standing right there and just kind of was, like, mugging him. And we get called for the 15-yarder. So that was, like, you know, what the hell are we doing here? Like, that, that should not be a thing, but... We didn't let the refs beat us. We didn't let Western Michigan beat us. And most importantly tonight, we didn't beat ourselves. We definitely lost the turnover battle. That's one thing that, like, in the state that we're in, you you tend to want to win is the turnover battle week in and week out. But, yeah, team numbers. So we lost time of possession by five minutes. Not terrible. Like, we still had 27 minutes time of possession. And then turnover-wise – Three to two. So only one. We only lost turnover margin by one. But we held them to 316 total yards. Three for 14 on third down. One for four on fourth down. Tim Lester was just firing it. And there was quite a few times that I thought Coach Hammock was going to go for it on fourth down, but we actually didn't go today. And he also, I don't know, I mean, maybe just watching him coach for the last few years, he, he tends to go for it on fourth down every now and then, you know. But he did say, you know, in his press conference, he's like, maybe this player needs to make this play. Maybe. And then he also doubled down. was like, maybe, maybe I need to make sure we punt on this play. So like kind of accepting responsibility, but also, you know, saying the stuff that hasn't been going well are in our season this year. So I guess you could have expected him to not go for it on fourth down after saying a statement like that in the press conference this week. But we didn't need it. Uh, Kramaskoli, he didn't look terrible. I mean, he had three picks, so it's not – I'm not going to sit up here and say that he played a great game, but 
a lot of his passes were on the money. Some of them not so much, but he's a young kid, 18-year-old kid. The kid was born in like 2005, 2004. So it's like you can only expect so much from a kid that was just playing high school football the same calendar year. So, or a year ago, if you will. But, yeah, proud of the team. No press conference tonight, so that's why we were able to get to the uh, post-game spaces quickly and get it, you know, up and running. But we'll be able to get Coach's statement uh, for this game, and that'll be more towards the middle of next week's show. Obviously, we'll have interviews at the beginning of the show. But, yeah, I, I got no complaints. I mean – at this point of the season, it's just about winning football games, developing your young players, getting meaningful snaps, and if you can, use up those maximum games for these guys' red shirts. They can only play, if they can only play four games, let them play four games. No sense in getting players that we know are, are going to be contributing next year 100% starters or whatever you want to say, because I don't know if they'll, you know, commit to players being starters. But for example, like if Harrison Whaley sat out tonight because they don't see it necessary for him to play just to, so he doesn't get hurt for next season, I could see that being the scenario for more players. Obviously not the seniors, but a lot more young players will play. And I'm excited. Offensively, player of the game, has to, has to go to him, right? Jaden Cradle, 36 carries, 136 yards, a touchdown. I think we saw him just grow a lot as a, as a college football player, grow up right in front of our eyes tonight. And before this, I mean, we had a joke in the press box that they would, they would give him like his one carry and then only let him play special teams. And I remember at the beginning of the season, they made it seem like, he would be rotating in. So to see him be patient, trust the process, wait for his opportunity, and go out there and absolutely seize the moment in a game that we won, hats off to Jaden Cradle, my offensive player of the game. On the defensive side of the ball, I mean, let's let's continue the trend. Let's go to let's go two freshmen, two young guys two freshly recruited players to this team, team players that weren't on this team last year. Uh, Nick Alvarado, eight tackles in his first start at the college football level. Um, playing defense is a lot harder than playing offense in the sense that defense is all reactions. Defense is all what's the offense giving me and how will I react? And for Nick Alvarado to come in and get eight tackles, eight solo in his debut at the college football level, against a team that is in must-win, you know, in a must-win game. Absolutely love to see it. I'll definitely say an honorable mention, though, for Ray Thomas and those guys up front because the defensive line, next few years, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll lose guys maybe, I would say, in two years. But I think we still have Kennedy for another year or two. O'Malley's young. Esther's still young. Ray Thomas, like – this D-line is very, very scary, and it sets everything up, you know, better for the rest of the defense, for the second level of the defense, and for that secondary. Now, the secondary needs work. I'll be the first to admit it. But 
They made enough plays today for us to be able to win this game. Uh, John Richardson, too. I mean, 52 yards. I know he missed one after that. Kind of strange that you make the 52-yarder and don't make the one after that, but that's action for you. You know crazy stuff's going to happen when you, you know, tune into midweek action. But love to see that from John Richardson as his career high. They said season high on the broadcast. I was waiting for the NIU PR to do the tweet on whether it was season or career, and it was career. 52 yards. Anytime you can get a 52-yard uh, field goal out of your college kicker, absolutely pivotal towards winning that game. Find a way to win this one by three points. But, yeah, I I know many Husky fans have tuned out and aren't really with us towards the the end of the sinking ship that is this season. But like we said on the pregame show, you got to find, you know, the bright spots. You got to find stuff to be positive about. And I think some of the performances that we saw from players that we know that we're going to be getting back next year, absolutely love to see it. And like I said, offensively, Jaden Cradle is my player of the game. Defensively, Nick Alvarado. We called the, the correct score. If you live out of state, I told you about the under, that hit. I, I, I didn't tell anyone to bet on IU, but if I was able to, it probably would have. But obviously, we can't do that here anyways, and I don't think I'd be able to do it anyways if, if we were in this state. But, yeah. Uh, I saw Big Cat bet NIU tonight and was happy to see a, a, a former, um, or not a former, but a, a Lynch leading NIU and, and leading the pack. And I saw a lot of people on the timeline talking about like 2013 vibes and, and you know, just thinking about all that time that we had here with Justin Lynch. So I know it's still young in the career of, of uh, Jordan Lynch. Oh, I said Justin Lynch of Jordan Lynch. Oh, my God, I'm fumbling so hard. It's been a long night. But maybe it's because we saw him make that play today. But, yeah, the Jordan Lynch era, an unforgettable era in NIU history. The Justin Lynch era may debatably have started tonight. I know that next year he won't be the starter with Rocky coming back, but Justin Lynch had his moment tonight. He had that game-winning drive, that game-sealing drive that he capped off with a touchdown. And honestly, the man looked like Tim Tebow. No, I'm not going to say Tim Tebow Tim Tebow, because that would be uh, disrespectful. The man looked like his older brother out there. Call a spade a spade. It was beautiful to see. And got to come up with a nickname, nickname for him, maybe like the Red Rifle or something. But, yeah, proud of the way the team battled today. Proud of the way they stuck with it after going down – I know Western had two touchdowns taken off the board, but it is what it is. You can't control another team's stupidity. We found a way to make less mistakes, capitalize on, on our drives. We found a way to win this one 24-21. We'll be back to you guys later in the week. I'll be back out at the facility on Friday uh, for my weekly interviews, and obviously I'll get Coach Hammock's statement from this week's game. Just kind of figure out where he was at. Uh, but like I said, man, proud of the way the team battled. Proud of the way they just found a way to get it done because the even the graphic came up on the uh, on the screen during the game talking about seven and three last year in one possession games year before the zero and six year was like zero and four and then this year they I don't even know what the record is but it can't be good but they found a way to get it done today couldn't be happier and we are on to Bowling Green who. 
got absolutely thumped tonight and thumped a little bit of my wallet on the way because I did bet on Bowling Green. But yeah, that's another story for another day. This Huskies team finds a way to get out of Kalamazoo with a dub. We still have opportunity to potentially finish season five and seven, the best we can do this year. But with that being said, we'll be back to you guys later in the week. Don't know who the interview will be, but since we have done a lot of defensive interviews the last few weeks, we'll try and grab someone on the offensive side of the ball. But no matter which way you look at it, we'll be back with you later in the week to preview Bowling Green and with a player interview just to cap it off, you know, just to put it, you know, just a little bit of extra on the episode to get you ready for the Bowling Green game. But whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even tuning in on the Twitter spaces as a live audience, we really do appreciate you for tuning in to tonight's show. We'll be back to you guys later in the week. We got nothing else for you. And go Husky. Yeah. I got drink of living lavish in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drink of living lavish in the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Toya put me over coming with the they took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in heart.